Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, we'll whip around the grounds after what has been an amazing round six. We'll have all the action from Cadinia Park, where Geelong unfurled their premiership flag against the Swans, and then in Canberra, where the Giants took on the Lions. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Hello everybody, this is Footy Talk Around the Grounds. We are here in Geelong for what was the grand final rematch between the Cats and the Swans. My name's Nat Unides. I'm here with Joey Montagna and Sarah Hosking who have just finished watching the game. It was an interesting one to say the least. The Cats got the job done 130 points to just 37. The Swans kicked just five goals for the whole match in what was the grand final rematch. Joey, we've spoken about this throughout the day, eerily similar to last year's grand final where the Swans were effectively not competitive. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a rematch. It was a basically a replay because it was 20 goals to eight in last year's grand final. And tonight it was 20 goals to five. It was all over really midway through the second quarter. And again, like the grand final, it became from the dominance of Geelong around the ball. They were too tough. They were too good. They were winning clearances, playing it in their forward half. And the Sydney Swans just had no answers. Yes, we know they're depleted. They're missing some key defenders. The McCartan brothers, Dane Rampey, of course, Tom Hickey still not playing and Buddy Franklin, but Geelong were dominant. Uh, it was it was a pretty impressive performance, uh, led by Patrick Dangerfield, who I gave best on ground. I thought he was sensational the way that he kicked it off, and then Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins to kick their five goals apiece, got in on the act. All of the players looked like they were in form. Their half-forwards were dangerous and lively, and the Sydney Swans just had absolutely no answers. So it was pretty comprehensive for the Cats. They've now won three on the trot, and I know they've probably had some easy kills against the Hawks, the West Coast Eagles, and a depleted Sydney Swans, but they are starting to look like the Cats of 2022. What I want to know about the Swans is can they use injuries as an excuse, because we know a lot's been made. They don't have the McCartan brothers. They didn't have Dan Rampey down back. But can they use injuries and in, as an excuse? Given the Cats have got a few out as well, they didn't. Segler was a late out today, so Blitzarves did most of the ranking along with DeConan. Are injuries an excuse for the Swans? I think it is, and you can. I think when it comes to some of your key players and key defenders, virtually half their back line is out. So it's not necessarily about having an excuse for those players, but I think you can't necessarily take away from the fact that you still need to be able to play the game out. So you've got these young players coming in as well and the likes of um, Blakey being able to stand up more as a key defender rather than that sort of run-off half-back kind of player. So all of a sudden other players are being thrown into a different kind of role and they're having to adapt on the fly. I think it's important that you run out a whole game doing that rather than just focusing on losing the plot halfway through the game. They were so depleted that Callum Mills started on Tom Hawkins at full back, which was a real surprise to everybody. The plan didn't work. They tried to double team Tom Hawkins, but they were getting smashed around the midfield. And while, yes, it's an excuse they don't have the key defenders, I think they'll be really disappointed with what they dished up in the midfield. They were still pretty strong in there. They still had Parker and Robottom and Chad Warner and Goulden and all these guys that are getting a lot of praise. Um, these young stars that will be stars and, and are young stars coming through, but they were, again, beaten up around the footy by Cam Guthrie and Holmes and Blitzarves and, of course, Paddy Dangerfield. So they won't make excuse for that. That was really poor, and they'll have to go back to the drawing board, and, and they've got to lick their wounds because they've got a Sydney derby next week against a Giants team that'll be smarting and will be desperate to try and knock off the Sydney Swans. You talk about those young midfielders. Does their confidence take a hit from that one? 
Oh, I think I think it will a little bit because that's now t- twice in a row they've been beaten up by the Cats. So a lot of guys struggled. So Ollie Florent, McInerney, uh, Dylan Stevens, the guys that had quite grand finals, again, were very quiet tonight. So what it does, it might leave scars if they face Geelong again later in the year, in, in, particularly in, in a final. Uh, they are definitely going to have doubts in the back of their minds and so will some of their teammates about what they can produce against the Cats. I think it's then the ability to learn from it too. So as a player, you go, you do your reviews and then all of a sudden you're going to find I got smashed around the contest and why did I get smashed? So Paddy Dangerfield has just dominated them from the ground balls, contested possessions and then his ability to actually break away. So what can you do next time? Is it adapting and playing behind him a little bit more or learning those ways on what you can do better next? So if they don't respond and next time they play them, then you've got an issue. There was an interesting incident on the wing. We've been speaking in the opening rounds of this season about the bump. Is the bump dead? Well, Mitch Duncan could find himself in a little bit of trouble depending on how the match review officer sees this one. An incident involving Robbie Fox on the wing. Fox didn't come off. He wasn't concussed. He played out the rest of the game. But could Mitch Duncan potentially be in a bit of trouble for that one? It's going to be hard to assess, Nat, because uh, there was a bump to the head of Robbie Fox. But there's a fine line between choosing to bump and just bracing for contact. And that's going to be the, the talking point out of this one. Because if you watch it in slow motion, Robbie Fox actually runs past the football. So it almost catches Mitch Duncan the split second by surprise that he has to quickly brace himself for the inevitable contact. So I'm not sure which way this is going to land. It is quite hard, but we do know that if you do make that bumping action and you make contact to the head, we do know now that it starts as a weak suspension and goes from there depending on the, the impact. But it's going to be up to Michael Christian and the MRO whether that was actually a, an elect to bump or just brace for contact. A bit like what we saw with Andy Brayshaw, who we believe I think is going to get off his... Uh, or he did yeah, get he got, cleared, he got cleared for that today for something similar where um, Tommy Rattore basically slid into Brayshaw at the last minute. He braced for the contact but was given the all clear. And Libba was concussed in that yeah. one as well. So that's another point of difference. Now, Sarah, we need to talk about something that you've been <laughs> banging on about. You've, you've made a huge <laughs> statement here. You think that Jeremy Cameron can kick 100 goals in the season. It hasn't been done since 2008. Are you willing to say that he will kick it during the regular season or are we including finals here? Because he's on 27 at the moment, kick five today. Where in this season do you think he's going to get there? I think if you're going to make a big statement and a bold statement, I'm going to go with it's in the home and away season. And at the moment, if, he's, if he keeps the form that he's on now, he's kicked five and he's averaging over four goals a game. So I'm going to call it. He's going to make 100 this season. I love that from you, Sarah Hoskins. Joey Montagna also here. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. We'll hand it over here to the guys at Monica Roval who will take us through the clash between the Giants and the Lions. You're back with footy talk around the grounds. We're here at Monica Oval in the nation's capital where the Giants took on the Lions this afternoon. Jude Bolton and Jack Heverin. It was, in the end, a 21-point lead to the Brisbane Lions, Jude. It got out to 41 at mid- midway through the third quarter, and it looked as though it had blowout written all over it. But 
I guess credit to the Giants. They hung around and stayed in the game. Yeah, I thought they, they really lifted, particularly after uh, <laughs> Charlie Cameron kicked his sixth goal. Uh, we thought the game was absolutely done and dusted there, but they, they did. They managed to find, particularly on the back of the, the midfielders, Josh Kelly was sensational tonight. He had 41 disposals, 17 of those contested and three clearances. And Cornelio, as busy as always and as industrious as always, 38 disposals and eight tackles and nine clearances. So both of them were, were having a, a big impact around the footy, but just felt the evenness of contribution of, of the Brisbane Lions throughout the night. And, uh, you know, they were just able to have more winners across the ground uh, than the Giants. And, you know, the Giants came into this game without Tom Green and it felt that that was going to be an area where, you know, just losing that depth through the midfield and just the youngsters like Will Ashcroft just had 19 disposals tonight to kick the goal. Lockie Neal was sensational throughout, but uh, Zorko was busy. Uh, Dunkley, who's been phenomenal, he's the one who's keeping Jared Lyons out of yeah. the out of the side. He was he was the sub today, and McCluggage also got plenty of the football. So really good performance from Chris Fagan's men in the in the fact that they were able to just get the ball forward with, with damaging effect and, and, and keep an open forward line for large periods of it. And that's what benefited Charlie Cameron tonight. So let's stay with the Lions. And that's four wins from six games, three wins in a row now for them. Are they starting to get to where they should be? We're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Are they where they would like to be at this stage, do you think? Oh, I think they are. I think they're building nicely. We know that they got touched up in round one and round three by the uh, Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs. But I, I have them really you know, coming to their break at uh, in round 12, pretty much at eight and three. Like, I feel like I can win five of the next six. And yep. they've got a fairly uh, favourable run towards that by round. So, you know, Chris Fagan be just, you know, wanting that standards. And I thought, you know, there's a couple of concerning areas. They, they did let the Giants kick five goals from their defensive 50. So some of that transition work, you feel like you could you know, slow that that ball movement up. And, uh, you know, at times the Giants were able to define those gaps and get through. But, you know, this is a really well-oiled unit, and this is why they're one of the contenders this year. Charlie Cameron got the three votes, seven goals, two. He, oh, oh, he left a couple and, out And there. the two behinds in the last quarter were kickable, really. He should have kicked nine. He was It was his turn tonight. It was Joe Danaher's turn last week. It was Eric Hipwood's turn a couple of weeks ago. They've got a lot of weapons down there, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where even um, the, the like of Jack Gunston coming in and just being that, you know, sure foot just in front of goal at times. And, you know, it means that you do get that fluctuations from Hipwood and uh, and Joe Danaher and you can move on. And even tonight, you could see when Joe Danaher had actually pushed up around the footy, he was able to contest at the ruck and, and then just use his long leg back inside 50. So oh, they're, they're out and out, uh, you know, uh, flag contender this year, and and as they should be, they've they've built a list that's that's warrants that. So is it the sort of win coming in? Could have been a, bit, a little bit of a banana skin game for them. Just tick the box and, and move on. Exactly. You move on from this. You say, yep, great, great job. We got down. We got the four points. And, you know, and, and you celebrate the likes of Charlie Cameron getting on the end of it. But <laughs> the, the efforts of uh, of their even contribution throughout the midfield. And I thought their back line really stood up. I thought uh, Daniel, Daniel Rich and Kadeen Coleman, just off that half back, half, half back line, being able to, you know, um, steady the ship and, and drive them forward at times. What about the Giants? We, we have to start with the negative of the injury to Sam Taylor, who was one of the best players on the ground in the first half. Well, that's that was one of the reasons that changed the effect of, of pushing Joe Danaher up the ground because Sam Taylor had his measure early on. I thought he wore him really closely. And then, um, yeah, the injury late, he, 
Yeah, it's a it's a real worry. It was a lower leg injury. It looks like an ankle of, of types. We went straight down the, the race. We also saw Adam Kennedy go down after just some contact. It was late contact by Kadeen Coleman. Not a lot in it, but he just fell awkwardly, and he went straight up the race with a right knee injury as well. So, you know, there's some real concerns. But for me, it's it just feels like... Uh, the Giants are just going at the moment. They're just, um, you know, they're, they're doing it on the back of bravery of their leaders at the moment. Yep. Kelly was sensational. Cornelio, as I mentioned, I thought Nick Haynes was back to some of his best tonight. He, he played really well and took seven marks. Um, we know Toby Green. He just wants to will himself into the contest each time. The, the two names that you mentioned there, Haynes and Cornelio, both had pretty off-scale 2022 seasons. They, they've... Put together a good body of work so far this year, both of them. They have, yeah. Both players have had a, a terrific starts to the season. I think it's just just more, you know, getting more of those more numbers. And that's where I felt coming into the game, the depth of, of Brisbane's midfield might stand up. And on the back of also losing Tom Green for that single week uh, for the dumping tackle last week. Johnny Keogh is boundary side tonight. Take us through the injuries for both teams, please, John. Yeah, well, it was really the Giants in the wars tonight, boys. Sam Taylor went down with what we think was an ankle injury. He got subbed out of the game for Adam Kennedy, who came in. Mm. Only lasted about 10 minutes, poor old Adam Kennedy, when he got subbed in. Came off second best in that collision with Coleman on the boundary line here and landed very awkwardly on that right knee. He couldn't put any weight on it after that, and he was raced up the race as well. So... And Isaac Cumming, uh, he was able to run out the game with that right foot injury. Please to report as well, boys. I've got you uh, free tickets and invites <laughs> to the Tom Green Fan Club on the hill here at Marnica Oval. You're more than welcome. You've Jude got... Bolton, you're a household name over there. You're very welcome. <laughs> have you got your membership now over there, have you? Look I'm out. signed up. Where, where were you in the third quarter? You, you did a cross from over at the Tom Green Fan Club and then that was it for half an hour. I can reassure you and my wife, if she wants to, <laughs> that I had my nine-year-old daughter in tow as well, okay, so she'll okay. be my witness. No, that's <laughs> Well, I'm happy to take your word for it at that stage. Uh, next week for Brisbane, they've got... Got Fremantle Saturday afternoon, Freo two and four. They should have no troubles there. That sort of thing. I, I look at um, Brisbane's run, and they've got Fremantle. Then they've got Carlton, which is a tough one. And Essendon is going well, but then Gold Coast and Adelaide. Um, and Gold Coast have won, you know, the last eight over them, and, and Adelaide last four. So, yeah, they should get the job done against Fremantle, who were disappointing last night. And for the Giants, battle of the bridge next Saturday afternoon against the Swans at the SCG. There's always a bit of feeling. You know, it was it was one of those games that was felt man- manufactured in the early years, but now. Now that these these two teams are up and going, like it's it's always plenty of feeling in that game. So a big one for the Giants. Don't forget if you've got a question for us here on Footy Talk, you can hit us up on Instagram at Footy Talk underscore Pod or on TikTok as well at Footy Talk Pod. Tomorrow we're back. Daisy Thomas, Jay Clark, and Abby Holmes are on deck to unpack all of the weekend's action and prepare for a huge Anzac Eve match as well. This has been Footy Talk. Listener.